In the name of Jesus. Amen. A sower went out to sow. That's how the first of Jesus' parables begins. Uh, Evidently, Jesus liked parables. He taught in lots of parables. Uh, We like them too, generally. They're they're very memorable. Uh, But in turning to this one this week, I I asked myself, I I wonder if the people who first heard Jesus' parables like them as much as as we do. I actually asked myself, I wondered if they even knew what he was talking about. (laughs) You know, it's it's not as if uh, Jesus tells the people, in most cases anyway, when he's telling a parable, that he's actually telling them a parable. And we get the answer key oftentimes, but, but they didn't. And so I wonder if they even understood. There's no way he's sitting down saying, now kids, I'm going to tell you an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. No, in Matthew chapter 13, it's more like this. It says Jesus is sitting by the beach, maybe uh, 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 hoping for some alone time and enjoying a drink. This crowd of people comes out and ruins the whole thing. as alone time, so he goes out in a boat so they can, they can hear him, I guess. And he says, so the sower, he goes out to sow. Throws the seed here and there, and then the, the stuff about the four soils, and presumably takes up his pina colada or whatever it is, and, and goes back to a nap out there in the in the boat. So put yourself there. What do you think he's talking about? I mean, I know we get the answer key later, but most of the people in Matthew 13 didn't, and uh, none of them did to start. So what's it about? I mean, some might have said uh, maybe it's just a run-of-the-mill story about a farmer. Throwing seed willy-nilly. But I bet some of them would have put two and two together and said, well, you know, either that's a really bad farmer, because farmers farmers just don't launch their seed willy-nilly like that. Either it's a really bad farmer, or maybe Jesus is trying to teach us a a life lesson about about something else. So what? What would you have thought? Again, if you didn't know the answer key. I asked myself that very question in the quiz, and what popped into my mind was a job I had in college. Between years, I was a, a telemarketer. One summer, uh, I raised money for the Fraternal Order of Police. <laughs> well, actually, I raised mostly money for the telemarketing company, but I didn't really realize that's the way it worked until, until the end. And that was kind of a, a seed throwing into different kinds of soil practice, the same basic script you'd read for everyone. you get some calls, it'd be like, uh, hard as pavement. They'd hang up on you immediately. Those are the best calls, actually, because I could get on to somebody else. <laughs> But, but, but then some of them, some of them, they were like really excited to talk to you. Like they wanted to talk to you forever. Maybe they were bored. They received your call with joy. But then when you told them it cost $25 to get the, to get the, uh, the sticker you could put in the back of the window that you want the police officers to see, well, then it kind of withered away. There were some, too, that you had, they're really ready to go. You're sure it's going to be a sale. And then the cares of the world spring up. Call waiting would click in. <laughs> and they'd say, oh, sorry, I got to go. But then once in a while. Once in a while, you'd hit some, some good soil. Every six or seven calls for me, I was pretty good at my job, actually. Every six or seven calls, someone would bite. They'd spring not just $25 to get the sticker, but they'd give me $40. $40 so I could throw in the top-of-the-line first aid kit. <laughs> it's a dumb example. And you could come up with others. What kind of real-life things is Jesus talking? A teacher, different kinds of students maybe. Some get it, some don't. If you run a business, you're an entrepreneur, different kind of products. We try this, we this, and this. And then finally, something finally hits and it works. We get some, some good sto- soil. 
could come up with different ways that Jesus' story would fit the, the real world. But turns out, turns out that Jesus' story is about none of those things. Not a life lesson about uh, telemarketing or businesses or farming, even. In fact, it turns out that Jesus' story is about the last thing that we'd guess. When the disciples come to Jesus and press him for that answer key, it turns out that the story is about Jesus himself. About Jesus himself, this great sower, launching his kingdom seed, launching his gospel seed, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his promise of eternal life that starts right now. And I say that's the last thing it's supposed to be about, at least the last thing that maybe I want it to be about, because that stuff, Jesus' stuff, is supposed to work all the time. If I'm batting 250 as a telemarketer, that puts me in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) But Jesus launching the Word of God? How come everyone doesn't get it? Our text began, I tried to emphasize them when I was reading the Gospel lesson, begins with the words, that same day. Well, if we looked back, we'd realize that that same day, the Pharisees, who I know we've been trained to not like, but the Pharisees were the good guys, every single one of them with lifelong, perfect Sunday school attendance. The Pharisees, the good guys, called Jesus the devil. (laughs) And also on that same day, the woman who carried Jesus for nine months in her womb, his own mother, along with his brothers, think Jesus is off his rocker. They don't get it. Why not? In fact, I think... That Jesus figures that the reason the people are coming to him, or at least one of the reasons, is because they want to know how come everyone doesn't get it? How come they, of all people, your mother, your brother, the Pharisees, don't get it? Which is an interesting question itself, but even more interesting to you, perhaps. To bring it a little closer to home, you might ask, why is it not that the people whom you love get it? Or to bring it even closer to home, which we should bring it every time we read God's word, why don't you get it? Why don't I get it? Why doesn't the seed bear fruit the way it is supposed to in me? If you're familiar with the parable, you've you've probably heard before, it's uh, about these four four soils and, and, and said, and maybe even heard sermons, I probably preached them out, that's four different kinds of people. Uh, But I hope Jesus is okay with this interpretation, but I I think it's more the case that all of those soils, at least most of them, are in all of us. It should actually be true to form with with, uh, most kinds of lawns that I've been familiar with anyway. uh, I I used to have a lawn. I don't have a lawn anymore. It's on purpose. (laughs) But I used to have a lawn when I lived out in Batesville, and it had all kinds of soil in it. Two acres of lawn I had. I had rocky soil right out front. The kind that didn't really have any soil at all, so that when I'd go over in the John Deere, I'd have a massive cloud of orange dust. <laughs> go over it real fast, choking. I needed to wear a mask before you needed to wear a mask. The side of the, the hill away from our house, where it had been cleared, like it was a steep hill. I kind of had lean off the side like I was riding a, a motorcycle around a corner. If I didn't fall off the tractor, weeds, thorns. And then there were plenty of splotches in my, in my horrible lawn that were packed as hard as, as the pavement as inhospitable to growth as the, as the blacktop was. All three of those, all of those in my very, very jacked up lawn. <laughs> Horribly jacked up lawn, which is one of the reasons I don't have one. But maybe, 
Maybe the reason the only lawn I have now is a tiny little patch that the HOA takes care of. Maybe the reason is that subconsciously, every time I looked at my jacked up lawn, it reminded me of myself, (laughs) that I and you are a spiritually jacked up lawn. Look at Jesus' words. As for what was sown in rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately, or say the, the first one rather, uh, the, and when anyone hears the word and does not understand it, is what Jesus says, yeah. This is what was sown along the path. Here's the word and does not understand it. I looked up the word understand, which translated understand in my big uh, Greek-English dic- dictionary, and the first entry there said that word means this, to quote, to have an intelligent grasp of something that challenges or changes one's thinking or practice. Oh, does God's word actually challenge or change my thinking and practice? Or do I let the devil use it? Like most of us use the internet 95% of the time, which is more or less to confirm what I already think and want to keep on thinking. How convenient it is that God and I so often agree on things. What was sown in the rocky ground, that's the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, and he has no root in himself and falls away. How many times after a, a rousing Easter service, or some mountaintop experience, maybe it was when you were young at some youth camp or, or, or some uh, uh, youth group event, or maybe it's just after some inspiring sermon, so often gone away with joy, with great resolve. You know what? Now everything is finally going to change. Only to have it fizzle and be back to the vicious gossip or the bottle or the computer screen or the bitter tongue in no time at all. The thorns, the worries of the world, Jesus calls them choking out what God's seed has begun. Why do we worry about the things we worry about? Why do I care about the stuff I care about, even though I don't want to care about it, but I can't stop caring about it? The worries, the anxieties, keeping up with them and that, and these appearances that choke the joy out of even the best of God's gifts. You see what I say when, we, when I say we're all a horribly jacked up lawn, all kinds of dirt in us. And yes, if you're keeping score, you are right that I did fail to mention the fourth kind of soil that Jesus mentions. And, and yes, I did have that kind of soil in the lawn that I used to have. We had one long patch, about 10 by 40. It was just beautiful, a little gully with lots of moisture, got some shade that covers it up. Soft, green, luscious grass. You could walk in with bare feet if you wanted to walk over the (laughs) horrible lawn to get there. Good soil. But you know, I didn't mention that kind of soil on purpose because I was afraid that if I did, we'd start doing something that I don't think Jesus wants us to do. We'd start having a little powwow about how we'd make ourselves into better soil. Maybe come up with a list of uh, Christian composts and holy herbicides or something like that. But that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus did. He talks about these kinds of soils, yes, he describes how jacked up our lawns are, but it's not as if there's much any of us can do about it. And that's because I'm pretty sure that Jesus does not want you, does not want me to spend too much time thinking about and lamenting poor soil conditions. 
You may have heard this parable uh, described somewhere. I've read it even in uh, learned commentaries called the parable of the four soils. Not very learned. (laughs) In fact, that's about the most absolutely dumb title for this parable you could think about. And there's no excuse for it. I will excuse you if you call the parable of the waiting father the parable of the prodigal son. I'll excuse you if you call the parable of the lost sheep, or the parable of the searching shepherd, if you mistakenly call it the parable of the lost sheep. But here, calling this the parable of the four soils, there is no excuse for it. Because Jesus himself, I think this is the only one, Jesus himself tells us the name of this parable. In his answer key, he says, hear the parable of the sower. And I think Jesus does that on purpose because he knows we're going to want to make this all about us. He knows we're going to want to start thinking about all our jacked up soils and how we can fix it, what we can do and the bootstraps we can pull up. And says he says, hear the parable of the sower. What does the sower do? And the sower sows. The sower sows the seed. Where does he sow the seed? The sower sows the seed everywhere, willy-nilly. He sows the seed everywhere. And how much? How much seed should the sower sow if the sower should sow seed? (laughs) When it comes to jacked-up lawns like you and me, the sower sows as much as it needs and as long as it takes. I hope you're seeing how this works. Jesus gives no real answer. He hardly ever does when people come to him with questions. He never answers, hardly ever, the question they ask. He gives no real answer, no satisfying one anyway. Why the Pharisees and his mom for a bit don't get it. Why some get it, some don't. No real answer why it does not take root in you and me like it should. And then he doesn't ask you to spend too much time fussing about it. He just sows the seed and never stops. The Pharisees call him the devil. He casts out a demon. (laughs) Seed sown. His mother and brother call him nuts. And he says, you haven't seen the half of it. You think, that's nuts. I'm so nutty. I'm going to go on loving this world of name callers until every single one of them is my mother and my brother and my sister. And then when this whole darn world, when the whole darn world is so jacked up, when it's such a jacked up lawn, and save save maybe the one guy to his right, when no one gets it, what does the sower do? The sower sows the seed. The dying sower sows, Father, forgive them, into the ears of the very people who are watering the earth with his blood. The sower just sows. And you, just as you're sitting there lamenting the sorry state state of your jacked up lawn, God says, hey, dirtbag, over here. When you lift up your head from under, you go like this, and you say, ha, oh, and he blasts you in the face. <laughs> With a big handful of Jesus seed, you are mine, all mine. Just as you're about to call it a quits and round up the whole darn thing, this fellow dirtbag in the white robe hits you in the face with another handful of Jesus seed. In the name of Jesus, I declare to you the full and free forgiveness of all your sins. The sower sows. And he sows, and he sows, and he sows as Jesus goes and goes and goes, and he's not very careful, and he's still sowing. And yes, sing to the Lord of the harvest that once in a while, that once in a while, that seed takes deep root, 
The fact that you are here and praise God for it means that that seed has taken root in you. But even if what has grown up so far should wither, well, the sower sows. And I'll be here next week to hit you in the face with another fistful of seed. Me or or, or someone else. More seed, more grace, more mercy, more forgiveness. To toss some more of that Jesus seed into your face. To throw another handful of Jesus seed into your ears, you are forever mine. Even into your mouth and into your heart. More body and blood, Jesus seed. For your forgiveness and for your life and for your salvation. The sower sows. Praise God that the sower sows and that no lawn is too jacked up for him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.